here we are, Boss Lady, Facebook Live. Well, not live, but it is Facebook. Very, very excited to bring you our first guest, Dr. Cesar Lara. Everybody knows Dr. Cesar Lara in Tampa Bay, but we just had a really great, relaxed conversation. We answered some questions from our community. We encourage you to ask more. I want you to follow him at Cesar Lara MD on Facebook, on Instagram, engage. Let us know how we can be of service to this community because that's what this show is all about. We're all going to make it through together during this temporary new normal. Thank you for watching. Hello and welcome to the first The Doctor Whisperer show. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy to bring you my first guest. Of course, it was going to be Dr. Cesar Lara. Who else would I pick? Um, and the whole point of the show will be to give our community as much value as possible during this very uncertain, temporary new normal. So Dr. Cesar Lara, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my privilege and my honor to be here as the beginning of your first wonderful beginning of a new journey for you as the Dr. Whisper show begins to open up and yes. uh, begin to educate, motivate, and uh, help the community. So I'm so blessed to be here with you today. Well, thank you so much. Well, you know, I am a boss lady. <laughs> As I fall out of my chair, I am a boss lady. So the whole purpose behind doing this was like, how can, I'm going to start with, um, I'm going to start with physician guilt. So I'm going to throw something at you. I had a conversation with a doctor the other day who is not at the front lines, as he said, as he referred to it as. And I could see the sadness in his eyes of like, he had this physician guilt because he wasn't going to the ER and he wasn't doing primary care, but he was providing a great value such as you are because you're doing, you are offering telehealth and you're doing weight loss and age management in your practice and preventative medicine. So I wanna first start off, I wanna just jump right into it. And I wanna talk about, I wanna ask you if, number one, if you have felt any physician guilt, because this is, this is a strange thing right now, um, because we or me, I don't see it as that at all. I think the fact that I can, not go to the doctor's office right now and do a telehealth, but still maintain my health, whether that be through a dermatologist, or if I wanted to keep up with my weight loss program, or if I wanted to have um, telehealth consult or teledentistry consult, because something I want to do, because this is going to pass. Yes. So can you just speak on that for a moment? Um, have you felt any physician guilt? I personally cannot identify with, with that feeling okay. because I genuinely feel that I am doing exactly what I'm called to do. Uh, right now, I am present with my patients. I am present for the community. 
uh, yes, there's a definite need for uh, uh, those colleagues of mine to continue to work the ER, to do the 20-hour shifts or 16-hour shifts, and the nurses and the people that are cleaning the hospital and the people that are parking the vehicles. I mean, in other words, there's definitely a dire need for that. But there's also a dire need for, for someone and some of us to begin to bring attention to the fact that there are other ways that we can actually begin to combat the scariness of the COVID-19. And that has to do with being able to not just run away from it, but optimizing our body so that it can be the healthiest that it could be. If right now you look at the statistics, it is those individuals that are immunosuppressed that have a lot more dysfunctional type of uh, diagnoses. And obesity is one of the primary diagnoses that is an inflammatory condition. So I feel that this is the reason why I do the work that I do. It is not with the intention of having somebody look better on their pair of pants or better on their dress. That is an outcome that is definitely appreciated. And as I would call it, it's the topping and the cake. But the primary reason why I do what I do is I want to empower my patients to learn to heal themselves from within. And excess weight is a dysfunctional imbalance experience. And so by bringing attention to their nutrition, to their thoughts, I can begin to help them become the best aspect of themselves in health. And that means their immune system's optimized, their thought process is better, they can be more service to their family, to their community, and we can get rid of those conditions like diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and begin to minimize the risk of cancer and all the other inflammatory conditions. So I don't feel guilty. I feel blessed to be in the position that I'm in. And, my, and Charlie Brown feels the same. <laughs> Where is Charlie Brown? <laughs> right next to you? <laughs> Charlie Brown right now is excited because um, obviously the man that he adores the most is coming home from his lunch break. Another essential employee, which is our UPS man. So, and this is, this is the reality that we're living in. So I want to talk to you about, um, this is the first time, and I've known you a very long time. This is the first time I have seen you in scrubs. Yes, so it's been 28 years since I wow. wore the last uh, set of scrubs. That was when I was uh, doing uh, emergency room work uh, uh, after I finished my residency and was doing some uh, uh, emergency room work in addition to working at the University of Illinois. And then when I came and started my private practice, I started with a tie every day and a little jacket and kind of started moving in that direction. But nowadays with the circumstances, it really uh, uh, was, I was called to it because I need to be able to come home, disrobe myself, be able to put this in the washer right away and be able to get a clean one in the morning. And I cannot afford to continue to wear a pair of pants once that's a dry cleaning pair of pants. I normally wear my pants two or three different times uh, that I, I kind of have a system so that I don't appear that I'm wearing the same things every day. But at the same time, you know, give some balance to, to, to the economy and also I don't want to just waste things. And so this allows me to uh, uh, be able to serve my patients and also decrease the risk factors associated with what I'm doing when I come home to my family. I'm so, um, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. I'm just sitting there thinking. So you, you started out in um, family medicine and way before you started out in family medicine, you were, um, you were called to be a healer. 
So even putting out this show, I didn't want to call out to doctors. I wanted to call out to the healers of our community from Tampa Bay to New York, to Chicago, to wherever, because this is a global pandemic that we're going through. So that means that there's no more like it's, it's just us, it's just China, it's just Italy, it's just Tampa, it's just Pinellas, it's all of us in this together. And you being called um, as a young man to become a healer and that being part of your journey and your destiny you know, we've had many long talks and, and you would be the first one that I would call, you and my Dr. Cook in New York, about, you know, giving me the real, giving me the reality. So I want to know what it's been like for you as a physician in your office and how the patients have come in and how they're feeling. Um, we'll start with that. And then I would really like to know, too, how your staff has been affected and, and what this new temporary normal looks like in your office. So my patients uh, are definitely coming in uh, more anxious uh, than typically in their typical uh, lives that they were living before. Uh, they're definitely uh, showing more signs of being fearful. Uh, at the same time, uh, there's been a lot more uh, challenges with them, with a good portion of them being able to uh, be conscious of what they're eating. So sugar tends to have an addictive potential. It tends to increase our serotonin temporarily. And so it makes us feel better immediately. But then... Tell everybody, Dr. Lara, if you would, about that, not the exact statistic, but how much more addictive sugar is than cocaine. Yes, so uh, sugar has been uh, uh, studied to be at uh, least 20 times more addictive than cocaine. And that's based on actual clinical studies where they exposed uh, one group to, uh, it was actually in mice that where the study was originally done because they cannot really put people on cocaine and then give them sugar. But uh, they were able to facilitate that study. And at the end of it, uh, even though the mice were actually addicted to cocaine as you introduce the sugar they prefer the sugar as opposed to the cocaine Unbelievable. and so it's it's definitely uh there's also more studies that were done in actual humans where the uh parts of the brain that light up when you're actually utilizing substances like cocaine are the exact same area of the brain that lights up when you are eating sugar. So right now there's a lot more challenges with people staying home uh, having a lot more what I call comfort foods, uh, and also with the drinking of alcohol being a lot more, uh, I mean, sometimes you see some funnies out there in some videos where people are having for breakfast, they're having their first glass of wine. And so there's definitely a lot more possibility of that. And so trying to just educate and make patients conscious that this is the time that we really need to spend healing ourselves. And then there's also other patients that are actually saying, look, I'm not going out to dinner. I'm actually only buying the things that I need. I'm spending a lot more time reading books and listening to things that are important to me. I'm going out for walks three, four times a day. So there's this other part that appears to be transitioning more effectively. And, um, you know, it's important to point out that alcohol is actually a depressant. So for people to be consuming more alcohol during this time, you know, I just heard, I was, I was actually interviewing a doctor the other day and he said that, you know, of course it's such a difficult time for all of us. And we all know that we've had 
wonderful time to connect with people, at least through Zoom, um, through just spending time with our family, maybe doing board games. You know, you hear a lot of that really great thing. And he said, well, you know, I've been doing a lot. Um, well, he said, I, I've been invited to a lot, actually, is what he said, of um, virtual um, happy hours. And, you know, <laughs> because I don't drink, I haven't drank in 25 years, I'm sober. I didn't even get it. I was like, oh yeah, that sounds like fun. And then I was like, oh, well, he means alcohol. <laughs> and then that is a real thing. I've seen a lot of happy hour invites and I do, I think it's great. I think that people should, you know, entertain themselves and have a drink here and there. But I also think it's important for, because it, this can be really, really tough to go down that, that avenue of, of drinking a lot of alcohol or consuming a lot of sugar right now, you know, isn't a, isn't a great idea. And I've seen the memes too of like pre-COVID-19 to post, you know, they're funny, but, and I think it's funny too. I've done the same. I had ice cream last night. And it's not a so typical I, I think ultimately what we're really looking is to create a balance. And so there's no such thing as you can never have ice cream. You can never have a piece of pizza. Uh, actually, on Friday night, I, I think when I was talking to you, I said I'm picking up uh, a thin crust pizza. Yeah, I was so happy to hear that. Bring it home. And so there's nothing wrong with being able to appreciate all the abundance of all the options that we have. But when it comes down to our health, we really need to be very consistent at least 80% of the time. And that's usually what I teach in my, in my practice, that intention is to eventually be able to be very consistent 80% of the time and give yourself the liberty to eat your daughter's cookies and be able to appreciate a piece of pizza with your family, be able to appreciate all the other aspects of it. But it's when we start eating that every day or we start having ice cream every day that then it begins to become uh, a habit that is not sustainable from the perspective of our health. Sure. And then, um, of course, wanting to discuss how important it is right now to move. You know, um, I learned many, many years ago, one of the best things I ever heard was move a muscle, change a thought. So exercise is very important in my life. I know it's very important in your life. Um, for all of you that don't know this, Dr. Cesar Lara has run the Chicago Marathon every year for the last 10 years. And you ran your 10th Chicago Marathon on my birthday, October 13th. Yes. So thank you for hosting it on my birthday, Chicago. <laughs> and for your being your 10th, it was so special. Um, you were running and you said this great video. I saw it on social media on your page recently. And uh, it was such a wonderful moment. And of course, I love that you don't just, you speak what you, what's in your heart. You talk the talk, you walk the walk, talk and end at the same token. I've been, I've already been told this once before that I was, I was a little annoying with the whole, like, you got to exercise and meditate. And so I, I have a little, you know, empathy, but it's so, it's so important for me, not just for my physical health, but for my mental health to move your body. So if you could speak to maybe just some tips for the community of things that they can do, things that you put in your life so you can maintain not just your mental health, but your physical health through this temporary new normal. So what I do, uh, as I was sharing with you uh, the other day, is as soon as I wake up, I get myself into a gratitude mode. So I begin to 
I'll go through five, 10 minutes of bringing gratitude into my field, uh, appreciating the fact that I, I'm breathing one more day, that I have a roof over my head, that I'm living in this amazing place and that I have toes, that I have arms and I can go on and on. And, and it's just bringing attention to the fact that I'm alive. So that's usually uh, my initial uh, wake up. Then as far as exercise, I think if people love to walk, this is a perfect time to do the walking. We're still able to exercise outside according to uh, the recommendations. And so go outside, especially if you live in Florida, take a walk outside, begin to look at the trees. I mean, there's so many birds singing now. We're talking about the butterflies. Uh, and if you're feeling a little daring, go right next to a tree and hug a tree once in a while. It's really an amazing grounding experience that you can really begin to close your eyes and become one with that tree, begin to feel where the roots are going and begin to imagine what's on top of, that, of those branches and begin to feel that you're being gifted with this beautiful spiritual aspect of our um, of a tree. And so I, that is part of my uh, general makeup. I, I love to run. So for me, jogging uh, helps uh, uh, connect me with nature. I don't usually listen to music or to, uh, or to talk shows. I generally list, try to connect with what's around me and try to connect with the birds and try to see what the sky is showing me. Uh, I definitely feel that a little bit of weight training is a helpful. So right now it's a little bit difficult because you cannot go to gyms. So if you have a little bit of weight at home it's good to do them and then stretching stretching is really essential because if we don't stretch that means that things get stagnated so it's important that we stretch if we can practice a little bit of yoga by watching some videos or having some intuitive understanding of that uh, so that's generally my routine what i practice on a daily basis is uh some running uh, a little some a little bit of walking uh doing a little bit of yoga and doing uh, uh, a little bit of weight training. That's generally my routine to keep myself physically, but my patients, if they love to dance, dance. If they love to bike, bike. If they love to climb trees, climb trees. The idea is to be active and find something that you like. And it really is not just helping our physical body become activated and, and become synchronized, but it's really helping our mind. And don't forget to breathe because the breathing is probably the most important thing. As a matter of fact, I think in terms of my... Let's take a breath right now. Take yes. I felt so when I practice the breathing, I always like to imagine the following mantra. I am... my breath and begin to say I am and then as you exhale my breath and begin to synchronize that and there's different ways of doing that but it allows us to really relax uh, and from a physiological perspective especially in the in today's times where there's a lot more anxiety and more stress in our lives just a simple five minutes of actually conscious breathing by being able to if you another breath if you don't want to do the I am my breath and try to do it in a very slow and conscious way is to basically take a breath and then count to three. And as you exhale the breath, count to six. 
and that, that's also been shown to actually uh, stimulate your parasympathetic system, which is actually your relaxation, and it decreases the stress hormones like cortisol, epinephrine, and begins to stimulate a little bit more of the uh, awakening hormones and pleasure hormones like dopamine and uh, uh, serotonin begin to be produced more effectively. So yeah. breathing is key for me. It is key. And, you know, um, on your social media, I would highly recommend everybody follow um, Cesar Lara MD on his social because you have a lot of um, videos that you've done about meditating, about running, about breathing, um, tips for all of us to follow. So I would encourage that you bring in good information you know, into your world, into your mindset, because our mindset right now, especially is something that I'm, I'm doubling up on my work, you know, I'm doubling up on what I can do. I was sharing with you yesterday that I just started listening, you know, finally, after all these years, I, I, I'm like, okay, Brene Brown, I'll do it. And oh my God, like now I listen to all of her podcasts and I sent one out to a friend today, you know, because I really think that we should be not only seeing things that are beautiful, like you mentioned the trees, but me, you know, um, I was texting Alyssa with Alyssa this morning. We were supposed to do a call earlier and I was outside because I rode my bike to the post office to deliver my book to some friends and a doctor in New York. And, um, and I was hearing the birds and I was seeing so many butterflies and I was sitting under a tree and I was like, I don't, I don't think I want to leave here because <laughs> it's so good. You know, it's so good to really embrace the goodness that you know the world has offered us um, to see the beauty through all of the the sadness right now and and I'm not you know it's hard when this is what I was thinking about today so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you I was thinking about well what am I gonna what am I gonna feel like if it if it hits me personally am I gonna be this one that's screaming you know you should ride your bike and you should exercise and you should run. It's so easy to say that when you haven't lost your job, when your business hasn't, you know, like I've been busier than ever. And I have, I forget about physician guilt. I have, you know, business, small business owner guilt that, you know, I've been busy because I have a technology company and, and, and my value system right now, it just falls in line with inspiring others, especially in the healthcare industry to, you know, don't go away. Like we need you. I've said that so much lately and I, I can't say it enough. Like this is why the show came to fruition for me because I didn't want to see anybody go away. I wanted my doctors that I have this wonderful opportunity of knowing you, of knowing your, your heart of knowing how beautiful your family is and your wife and your children and your sister-in-law who has that beautiful sculpture behind you that she did, right, herself. Yes. Um, there's so much joy and light and love. And I felt selfish, right? Like, I, why, why shouldn't I? I should just bring this to the community. And, you know, people will practice whatever they want. But I want people to also know that just because, like, I'm doing great, I watched 60 Minutes last night and cried like a baby for the people that were suffering, you know? Yeah. Take yeah. it away because now I'm doing the ugly cry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that you're, you're absolutely right. It's difficult sometimes when someone's going through some major challenges, they just lost their job, maybe somebody uh, that they love just 
uh, transition and passed away or they're in the hospital and they're anxious. And, and so, you know, it's, it's not so much that we're telling people what they need to do. I think more than anything else, we're appreciating what they're going through. And what we're doing is giving them some perspective because those individuals that are going through these rough times need to begin to reinvent themselves from within. And the more that they continue to be in a disempowering experience, the more that they can potentially become ill. And so really this is bringing attention to the preventive aspects of, of health, that if we recognize that our, our thoughts are actually the CEOs of every single cell in our body, so if we can begin to change those thoughts and begin to create some opportunities, some possibilities, uh, and begin to have a make peace with some of the things that are going on in our lives, even as disruptive as they may seem, if we can create peace with them, then we can begin to grow and reinvent ourselves. And right. these types, these times that we're going through, uh, the ancient societies, you know, the indigenous populations, the uh, in the Hindus in the, in Bhutan, you know, they have predicted this time that they will come. And so it's here. It's time. It's it's an awakening time. I think scientists had predicted this. Uh, so this is a time that has been as part of our growth. And I feel that we are now in a position to really embrace who we are internally and begin to allow ourselves to heal so that we can bring peace to our communities, peace in our heart, and begin to share that with the world from a healing perspective. And that's why too, when I was putting this out to promote the show, I, I purposely said that I wanted spiritually connected physicians and healers because I don't, you know, this certainly isn't a platform to sell anything. This is to give to our community for, you know, all of the things that, um, that we can offer being in this healthcare industry. We can maybe give them some good tips or, advice on things you can listen to or podcasts and you know just just simple things to help everybody through i mean listen look at what the music industry is doing how great is it to see these concerts being performed from people's homes and bringing music and love and light to the world so this is just another avenue of the same so before um because we're keeping the show to a half hour like, good luck, Sharon Beckety, with trying to stick to an hour, because I can talk all day to you, but I know that you have to see patients and you have a business to run, but I did get some questions from the audience, and I hope everybody knows that they can send in whatever questions that they want, um, because so many questions are out there right now. Um, one of the questions I have is from a, a doctor, actually. I will start with first. Um, one of my favorite doctors, Tampa Bay Concierge, Dr. Uh, Khalid Saeed. So he wanted to know about any financial suggestions that you may have for small healthcare businesses, because that is, you know, that is really a big part of what's happening right now, not just with private practices are going through something entirely different. You know, hospitals are overcrowded and ERs are overcrowded. And then there's the private guys that, and gals um, that right now are looking for some assistance. So why don't you let um, your people know what you've been doing yourself and what you've heard. So 
my practice is a private practice and we have approximately 20 uh, employees, you know, including myself in terms of the, the size of the company. And uh, definitely like everybody else, I mean, the dentist, my colleagues at Dennis, they've been closed for three weeks. There's been no income whatsoever. Um, a lot of my orthopedic surgeons, uh, other than, you know, an acute fracture that has to be fixed right now, uh, they are not doing any knee replacements that can wait another couple of months. And so a significant amount of their revenue has significantly decreased, even though they still need to have uh, enough money to pay their employees or to do whatever they need to do. So from the perspective of uh, what I've come to understand is that there's been a significant amount of uh, financial uh, packages that Congress passed. And today is the actual first day that those applications are available. And, and so there's definitely loans available that can help us through these times. And some of those loans can be turned into grants, uh, especially the one that uh, is uh, starting today that you can do through your bank. That's one possibility. And there's uh, also a possibility of uh, being able to get access to some loans from the state. They have some funds as well. And, and so that's something that I've been looking at. And uh, just as part of an information, I'm not sure that that would be the way that I would go, but it's definitely available for uh, uh, different small businesses, uh, different uh, uh, practices in medicine, would be to consider um, letting yourself, actually you as the owner of the business, uh, uh, letting yourself laid off. And if you laid yourself off, then you can actually collect unemployment while still trying to maintain your practice. And so there's- You had heard this from a professional in an industry that would advise about something like this, because you and I had talked about this off camera before. And this is just something else that can be considered. I mean, who knew that that was even an option? So I think that that's valuable information. Yes, yes. So that's uh, an option. Of course, with the grants that are going on the starting today, uh, you can actually look at your payroll and are able to borrow 2.5 times that payroll uh, per month. So if your payroll is 10000 a month, then you can borrow 25000 uh, uh, That's just an example. And then if you end up using uh, 80, whatever you end up using to pay your employees so that the intention is to keep the employees still working in the environment, being working in the practice, then some of those monies will be uh, actually forgiven and you will get a grant. Uh, it will turn itself into a grant. And then whatever you did not use towards that, then you will get a very low interest rate that you can pay over time. And that's the kind of uh, uh, application that we're doing today through our bank, because that's just through our bank. And then there's other ones that are through the small business uh, administration that are also in the form of loans. So there's definitely some help, but of course that doesn't take away the challenges of trying to meet payroll and how am I going to keep my employees? Do I let them go? Do I keep them? There's no business coming in. And so there's definitely a significant amount of disruption, but there are there is some hope and there are some programs that are available as of today to basically get us back into some level of stability. Fantastic. So um, I have a question from a local healthcare attorney. Um, so some of this I'm going to answer only because um, I'm not a doctor, but uh, I know a little bit about the mental health resources that are available. So the first thing, any free or discounted mental health or telehealth resources 
Um, well, first of all, there are, I'm going to highly recommend right now that everybody looks up either Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or uh, Overeaters Anonymous. They have Gamblers Anonymous. All of that is free. And right now you could go into and just say you wanted to have support right now. They, they have open meetings, which means maybe you don't identify yourself as an alcoholic or a drug addict, but you need a community of support right now. You could actually go to, you know, alcoholicsanonymous.com or .org, I think. Um, just search it out and look for online meetings. And if you see an open meeting, that means that you don't have to identify with anything. But we all need community right now. So to be a part of having conversations and listening to what others are going through, you know, some of the best healing that comes is when somebody, this is why the Me Too movement was so big, is when somebody else in the room just goes, yeah, you know, me too. I felt that way too. You know, I was overeating or I was crying because of what was happening in the world or I just lost somebody. There's certainly room for that. So that's, that's one um, free service I'm just going to call out right now. Um, and we'll, I'll add some more in the comments of the, the show notes. Um, many frustrated, yeah, many frustrated with long waits, lack of responsiveness or lack of meaningful connection or support with their doctor's office closed or with teledoc. So um, I use preventative um, teletherapy. So I have a therapist that I use through Teladoc. And it's an $85 hour phone call that I would agree that if you could uh, maybe not buy something that would cost $85 and go once a month, you don't have to even go through Teladoc or an insurance, you could get a mental health um, professional, a therapist, a psychologist, or a psychiatrist that could see you for cash or, or ask for a discounted rate right now. You know, everybody is trying to help our community, I would hope. So um, asking for that discount is something that I, I believe people would offer at this time. Don't you think, Doc? People are definitely open to be more flexible right now. Everybody feels like we're all in this together. Yeah. So I feel that all you need yes. to do is ask the question. I think it gives... It's almost like when you go to church and uh, someone's passing a basket to collect, which is very common, at least in the Greek Orthodox and Catholic Church would yeah. kind of pass a basket, the uh, services. And, you know, it is a privilege to be given the opportunity to put something in the basket. It is not something that you have to do, but it is a privilege. So from my perspective, it's a privilege for any healthcare provider to be able to answer someone's needs and they can decide how to best answer it. But I think that there's definitely a lot of people that are doing what they're doing because their heart is calling them to be part of that. And so this is what it means to be in the front lines. Yes, I agree. And I will make a commitment to, if somebody just wants to put comments under the show and they have questions to get as many questions answered as possible through this time. So I have another one. It happens to be from my mother, Dr. Lara. I'd like to know if you have to keep washing your hands while you're at home and if touching your face subconsciously at home is a problem. So I think that because we've been, we've been, there's been so much 
information and fear being produced that it, that it's creating this almost anxiety in a lot of us and i can sense that in the question with your mom i definitely think it's a good habit to continue at home to continue to wash your hands but i don't think that you need to be washing your hands you know 10 times in the last hour when you're home and you don't have to worry that if you just washed your hands and then you want to scratch your nose that's okay i mean i don't see that what i normally do when i come home i take take a shower make sure i wash my hands i i wash my face sometimes believe it or not i even wash my nose you know just to kind of clean anything that i possibly can and then i don't feel like i'm worried about touching things uh as much but i think it's what happens is these are habits and if we don't begin to begin to change those habits at home then we're going to have a hard time when we go outside because we don't have to think about scratching our nose we just do if that's a habit so i think from your mom's perspective practicing good practices at home is critical for her to be able to practice them where they really matter which is when she's outside but at the same time, that question because i'm i'm driving her crazy because I, when we're on Zoom, we do a Zoom karaoke every Saturday night with our family. And if I see her touch her face, I'm like, hands up your face. <laughs> oh, thanks, Mom. All right, I have uh, one more, and then we're going to wrap it up um, because I, I want to try to stay uh, committed to this, this time frame. Let's talk about um, our immune system. Uh, you know, there's, this, there's been a few questions just about this, about how important it is to stay calm um, and have... The, the least amount of stress as possible because that is what is going to hinder our immune system. So can you speak on that for just a moment? Yes. So the immune system gets affected when wherever we are under stress or before we're feeling a significant emotion, especially dysfunctional emotion that creates a lot of stress. When we're under a lot of stress, that stimulates the uh, adrenal glands, which begin to produce a lot more cortisol, epinephrine, and those are inflammatory types of uh, reactions that ultimately create a inflammation in the body and more importantly, decrease your immune system. The second part of it is that the stomach is really the largest, it's called the, the, um, uh, the gastrointestinal area, uh, is really the largest immune organ in the immunological system. And so it's very important that we eat our greens because we have this healthy bacteria that is producing all these healthy hormones and all these healthy chemicals. If we do not eat enough greens and we eat a lot more sugar, then we're going to be converting those bacteria to dysfunctional bacteria, which will make us crave more sugar and more dysfunctional foods. So it's important that we really begin to optimize our system by eating a lot more healthy greens, making sure that we drink our fluids, making sure that we're cognizant of our thoughts. And if we begin to have dysfunctional thoughts or begin to feel stressed or anxious, stop for five minutes, take some deep breaths, visualize what it is that you want in life, begin to do maybe five minutes of uh, being grateful. That is always something that can really calm you because if you think the whole world is ending, but then all of a sudden you're able to visualize what's happening to you right now. And that is that you're blessed to be alive and you're in the middle of this wonderful home that you own and your kids are healthy, it tends to calm you down. Uh, and then sleep becomes a significant issue. That sleep is when we actually end up rejuvenating our brain, rejuvenating every cell and repairing our body. And so if we're not sleeping because we're, or we're not sleeping 
soundly, then that means that our body is not repairing. So when we wake up, we not only wake up tired, but our immune system slow. So simple tips would be limit the amount of, of uh, news to maybe 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. You don't need to hear the same news 20 times a day. That is going to create dysfunction. At least two hours before you go to bed, try to stop all the electronics, read a book, look at a magazine, you know, paint your nails, you know, take a bath, do whatever it is that makes you feel special or educate yourself, but stop the electronics because that tends to send waves to the brain that prevents us from having a good night's sleep. And that's the blue light that we heard about. Some people do have glasses when they need to work with computers a lot more to prevent that uh, blue light to affect our brain function. So that is one of the main reasons that I find in people that are not able to get good sleep. So I took that advice last night because I get up at 5 a.m. usually every morning and now even on the weekends. So I got up at five yesterday and I worked way too much yesterday. And last night I went to bed and I did not set my alarm and I did not wake up. I didn't do very regimented today. I woke up when my body woke up. It was at six. Okay. I was happier than it was, you know, an hour more. I did not go right into exercise. I just, I just, had coffee, you know, I just took a break from my own regimen. I just take it easy on ourselves, right? Like love ourselves, not just ourselves, but love others, be kind to others. There's so many things that we can do. Say thank you to your essential workers. Smile at somebody when you see them on the street. Talk to the guy at the post office like I did today. You know, we can find out so much just by having a simple conversation and, and spreading some love and joy during this time. You have this beautiful Buddha behind you. You have flowers behind you. You have Christina's beautiful artwork behind you. Um, it's just, it's, it's a hard time for all of us, but we're all going to stick together. We're going to be here through it all. And I'm going to just call it out right now. This is going to be a Friday dance party with the doctors. <laughs> That's right. You know how long I have been asking you to do yes. a dance? We'll do a Friday dance party for sure. Yes. You heard it right here, everybody. So tune in on Friday at 5.30. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Lara. We will put all the information to get in contact with you. I highly recommend that you look at all of the social. It's very inspiring. You're not going to hear bad news. Nobody's going to be selling anything to you. We want you to all come together. And thank you so much for joining us. You are the best. Thank you. You're the best. Namaste. Namaste. Bye. Bye.